right, we're excited to be back again this week for another episode of Separation Nation. And uh, we've got a special guest today, Robbie Hilton, Robert John Hilton from uh, Bacon County, big city of Alma, Georgia, Blueberry capital of the world, and uh, my hometown as well. So we know we're dealing with good people today. And so anyway, Robbie has been with um, our insurance agency, a marketing group for how many years now? A hundred? Seems like that. <laughs> Probably seven years. So seven years. And um the end of fourteen, what twenty fourteen in? August twenty fourteen, so yeah. Oh yeah. And has uh won several uh conventions, been all over the, the world, um with with insurance and um has led our company many years as the top gun. And Robbie's got a real unique story, uh, not just his life, but his career and the things, adversity he's fought, you know, throughout um, his career. And a lot of changes, And uh, but he's been one of those that has been able to adapt and overcome. And when I, you know, when I look at, at you, Robbie, I think of somebody who has had to adapt and overcome to a lot of things. Um, and you can talk about that. But um, tell us tell us a little bit about when you started um, with ARG, um, what you were doing and kind of your background and, and how the, the business in, uh, impacted you right off the beginning? Well, I uh, start out with, I was, I was actually working two jobs um, back up to, to high school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so I graduated high school, went to college just because we were supposed to. Right. And um, got to a point where I had to make a decision as a career. I had to, you know, pick a horse and ride it, so to speak. So I went to, decided to do computers, finish school, and uh, got a decent job for Alma at a at a bank working on computers. Right. And um, ended up picking up a, a second job at a grocery store, bagging groceries, run, running the registers, and I did that for about five years. And um, it got to the point where I was working just to pay my bills. And um, I had met Justin a few years prior through a mutual friend. And um, I had always noticed that he was buying things and going places that people in Alma just would only dream of. And it always caught my attention. So I got to the point where I just had enough. was tired of living paycheck to paycheck. So I reached out to Justin on Facebook, kind of told him my situation. And um, he was kind enough to have lunch with me and um, ended up asking me if I ever thought about selling insurance. And I said, hell no. I didn't sell nothing if I tried. So he told me to ride with him. So I did. And um, I'll never forget about five, six hours that evening. We went to the coast over in Brunswick and um, it looked easy. And when I asked him how much I would have made and he told me, I was like, no, nah, you're, you're crazy, man. Ain't no way you made that much that quick. So I rode with him again and he, he was for real. So I ended up getting my license and um, nobody wanted me to do it. Um, I, I made the mistake of, of asking all my coworkers at both jobs oh, yeah. if I should do it. No, no, too much of a risk. You're leaving guaranteed, you know, income and salary and wear and tear on your vehicle, blah, blah, blah. If it was that easy, everybody would do it. Just the normal stuff that you would hear when you're trying to better yourself. We all, I mean, everybody in, that, that makes a, a jump into you know, commission-based sales where you, you take the cap off. I mean, every, it's just human nature. You got friends and family, and they don't do it. They're not trying to hurt us or hold us back. They're a lot of times trying to protect us. Yeah. But one thing, you know, and we've talked about it a million times, j- just because you don't have the courage to make the leap, you know, d- d- doesn't mean I shouldn't have the courage. And, I, and I'm not beating up anybody that doesn't have the courage to do what we do. It it takes it takes a lot, and, and it's not for everybody. You know, we, we live in a day and age now where everybody calls herself an entrepreneur. Whether it's not for everybody. I'd say I read something this morning that the depression rates three times higher for entrepreneurs. So even I mean, all the 
ADHD. It's more apt to have ADHD. You about got to because you pull so many directions. <laughs> and um, yeah, um, so you know it. it, it I, I don't want to say it takes a spe- special kind of person, but but maybe it does. You know, it, it's hard. But I was talking to somebody. You know, kind of based on what you said. You know, none of us, and I've said this a million times. None of us woke up in the ninth grade and said, you know. I want to be an insurance agent when I grow up. I mean, it's just, it's just something that happens most of the time. I, I was talking to the guy next door. You know, I, I did kind of like you. I was going to – I worked construction, went to school at night to be an electrician. You know, now somebody calls me and wants me to do some electrical work. I, I don't even remember, you know. Uh, I don't remember enough to burn your house down. That's about it. But um, it's, it's almost like this path, it gives us opportunities. We don't necessarily choose it. But it chooses us. We get them opportunities, and we just have to have the faith and the belief in ourselves to make the jump. That's right. You know, it's like with you and Justin, you, you saw what was possible, what was available. You already were on the right track because you already had to work at it. You was already working two jobs. So well, you I knew didn't you, you didn't have a choice. <laughs> so you, you, you had what it took to do the work, and, and that's – you know, that's the thing that a lot of people have to understand, you know, um, and, and kind of getting back to what people were saying to you, you know, you said something real important that I hear a lot. We did recruiting calls on Friday. On Fridays, we did recruiting recruiting calls. I did two recruiting calls back-to-back, uh, one at 8.30, one at 9, and both people were interested in a career in this career field, but they both told me, asked me the same thing. Well, what's the guarantee pay right off the bat? Everybody wants a guarantee in life, and and that's great. There's safety in that. But to guarantee that you're going to make a certain amount is to guarantee that you're going to make a certain amount. If it's $15 an hour, it's $15 an hour. I don't don't want a guarantee. I, I want an unlimited supply. I want to be able to, to, to make what I'm worth. People are always saying, well, I'm entitled to what I'm worth, and you, that's all you're entitled to in life is what you're worth. And so with a career like this and a job like this, you take the limits off. Yeah, there's fear. Yeah, there's danger. But at the same time, you don't have that minimum. You don't have that floor. You may go two weeks without making a dime, but you may make a month's salary or a year's salary in some people's case the next week or the next two weeks. But it's completely up to you, and it puts you in the driver's seat. But everybody's everybody's beginning is just like yours. Your mother and father, they love you. What's a mother want to do? Coddle you and protect you from the world. Well, you just was about to throw yourself out there to face rejection, to face no, door slammed in your face, phone sung up, which is all part of it. So it's human nature for them to want to coddle us, to protect us, to to warn us against, you know, how bad the world is. Come stay in this safe environment. You know, work at this bank or whatever it was you were doing, you know, at, at the time. And I, I think you said you worked at the bank and at the grocery store stocking shelves. It's safe. But it ain't making a lot of money. No, it's not. So sometimes we got to, we got to enter the, you know, it's kind of like the old movie Top Gun, Highway to the Danger Zone. It, it, it ain't always fun. It's a little dangerous sometimes. We don't have those guarantees, but we have an unlimited uh, ability, you know, an uncapped income, and, and we can make and get paid what we're worth. And I think it's important to note, I mean, not to be redundant, but you, your family, I can't remember the exact quote. There's one I've got that I actually shared a few weeks ago on social media, but your friends and your family and the people closest to you is normally the worst people to go to for advice Absolutely. when it comes to opportunity. Because any kind of opportunity normally is scary. There's always going to be a certain percentage of uncertainty. Uh, you're, you're almost better to go to a stranger, maybe that business person that you've admired from a distance that, that you've watched for years that – you know, best you can tell seems to be successful, have their life together, that's built something, that's done something. People that understand, you know, what the entrepreneurial leap is, what the jump is, and what it can do for you. And and oftentimes, we're go, you know, going to your own parents uh, or to your own uh, close family or friends for advice on something that's risky, you're rarely, they're rarely going, you know, 
be a champion of that and and push you forward. There's normally always going to be some reluctance. So it's good to make sure you're getting advice from the right people. You wouldn't go to an ear, nose, and throat doctor, you know, if you got a heart issue going on, okay? So if if your parents are people that have maybe lived nothing wrong with that but lived more conservative, middle-class lifestyles, you know, maybe dad was a factory worker and, you know, mom was secretarial or or what. That's really not the person that's going to, you know, cheer you on when you go say, by the way, I'm going to this career, you know, where – you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, but there's no guarantee for it. There's always going to be reluctance there. So just make sure you're going and getting the right counsel from people that are qualified to give you that counsel. Because even though your parents, you know, might be great loving people that have raised you wonderfully, that don't mean that they're qualified to give you financial advice or give you career advice. And so that's just real important. You know, if you're listening to the podcast and you've maybe toyed or thought about moving into a new industry or our industry or what have you, and it's risky, just make sure you're going and talking to the right people. And and I'll give this, you know, credit to like my dad. I mean, from the time I was an adult on, if I asked him for advice, which was a few times, he he would always he'd always say, "Son, you got to make your own way in life." I may not necessarily would take that road, but you got giftings and, and abilities that I never had. And and I think you could do that, whereas I would never have the courage or necessarily the ability, you know, but he always kind of pushed me and prodded me. And he was always very careful, you know. And and just like Justin said, there's nothing wrong with being a secretary or any of these things, but it's just not for – somebody's got to get out there and take the risk, you know. It's like being a soldier ain't for everybody, but somebody's got to tote the machine gun. I mean, there's people that's got to do it. It's, these jobs have got to be done. Somebody's got to sell the houses. Somebody's got to sell the cars. Somebody's got to sell insurance, you know. And it, it does take a special kind of person with that courage. You had the hunger. You just needed to make some money. You needed an, an avenue um, to do it. But it's it, 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 I got a friend of mine, and he, he says this. He says, I'm not going to go to a dentist with rotten teeth. I ain't going to do it. It make no sense. He said, and I ain't going to let a fat person train me, tell me how to work out and how to eat. You know, nothing. We love fat people. Nothing against fat people. But what I'm saying is, (laughs) we we you give me advice on what you need to give me advice. I'm not going to give you advice on certain things. You know, people ask me for advice on this or that, and I ain't your man because I'm still trying to figure that out myself. But it's 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 just human nature for people to protect us. So you're working at the bank. You're working at the grocery store. You, 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 you see what Justin's doing. You see what other people's doing. You made the, the right move because here's what most people do. They see somebody that's, that's living better than them, and they despise that. That's the biggest mistake people make when it comes to money. They see somebody with money. They start despising that person, start talking about this or that person, whether it's me, whether it's Justin, whether it's you. And, and, you know, and, and, and what you're telling the universe is you don't like people with money. So subconsciously, you become someone who don't want money because you don't like people like that. And you didn't make that mistake. You saw that. You went for it. You said, how are you doing what you're doing? And we could get so far in life by finding successful people and just saying, hey, tell me how to do what you're doing. So you, you made the right move right off the bat. Unfortunately, it took me about five months to because I kept going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, what's five months? A week, I'd call him and say, man, I, I just don't know because this person said this. And if he didn't have patience, because he had a lot of patience with me, um, I don't know if I'd be here today. But um, I just woke up one morning and I was like, you know what? Where I don't want to be five years down the road and look back and be like, man, if I would have done that, where, where would I be now? So I just decided, you know, go all in. If it don't work, at least I tried. I went down swinging. And my first was my first week. Well, your first day. Yeah, first day. Your first In the first six hours of your first day, you made the equivalent in commission. You made the equivalent of two and a half months, Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly. Two and a half months worth of previous. I, I think the first week was – was it the first week? I think the first day was about what I would ma- would have made in a month. Yeah. And I think that's what it was. And the first week. Somewhere right around there. Three months worth of income. And that's when that's when the light went off. And it was just like the shark tasting blood for the first time. I just took off. 
after that. And um, the same people who were telling me don't do it about a year in, they were calling me, asking me, what What are you doing? How are you doing this? Yeah. I thought it was kind of ironic. Well, that's always the case, you know, do you, you know, and, and again, you know, not taking anything from those people. I mean, it's just human nature to, you know, to doubt and to fear. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, they all mean, you know, they, they mean well. well, but I mean, you get, you live in a small town. I mean, you're supposed to work for somebody making 20, 30,000 a year and be happy. I just, I just wasn't happy. Well, that's all you know. I mean, you, you, you just changing perspective. It's like, you know, he and I have talked about it many times. You know, there's times you just, you, you got to get out of town, spend some money, go somewhere nice where people with money are. You know, even if it stretches you a little bit, it might stretch your wallet, it might stretch your pocket to do it. I've done it a lot of times just because, you know, he was doing it. And I thought, well, I guess I'm going to go hang out and I'm going to have to pay to pay. To play. And, but, you, you get around you get around different types of people, you know, and and it's it it, it may stretch your wallet a little bit, but it also stretches your imagination. It stretches your mind, and it allows you to see there's a whole other world of people out there other than just these these hometown you know glory day bunch. I was just like you. I grew up in the same town you grew up in. I mean, to get a job with the REA, making you know, I worked for Pike. You worked for Pike. And that was it. You know, I worked at the trailer plant. Yep. You know, and. And it, and it nothing taking nothing against it, we need that. But but some of us, you know, we we see something, and that that someone else has, and we say good for them. You know, that's human, good for them. But some of us say, you know what, that could be good for me, and not just good for them, good for me. How do I get it? And I think your whole life is a journey of how, 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 how. What's the next step? What's the next level? And how do I get in that? Now, so, t- so tell us this, because I know you, you, most of your journey. Justin knows most of your journey. So you're in the business, first year qualified for, where was the first trip y'all went on? Maui. So Maui. Mm-hmm. Is that the one I went on with you? Yeah, you went on that one. So, so we was all in Maui. How long was you in before you had your medical problems? And tell us about that. It actually... So we went to Maui in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, going to Iceland that same year. We was home like two weeks and then had yeah. went to Iceland with another carrier. Yeah. Um, went to Maui, and that's that's when I started having like a sore throat. Okay. And you want me to get in all? Yeah, yeah I, I think that – I think it would be very, very encouraging for, for the listeners. Well, I went to Maui, which was phenomenal. First time I had ever – been on a plane that far away from the house, but um, started having a sore throat and with anything, figured it was a cold setting in, so I just, you know, babied it. Well, it didn't go away, and I um, ended up going to the doctor who referred me to a specialist, and um, they said, yeah, you got tonsillitis, take this medicine, come back and see us in about a month. Went back and it got worse, and, um, they sent me to another specialist, and when I went to go see that specialist, and I actually went to go get my tonsils removed, and um, they took me back there, opened my mouth, and the doctor's mouth just dropped, and he called two other doctors in. They said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to biopsy it and see what, what happens. So fast forward two weeks. Never forget it. I was working in Statesboro. I had just bought lunch. I was in some park eating and um, the doctor called me and said that it was autopsy, came back. Biopsy. Yeah, biopsy. No. <laughs> Damn, we fast forwarded. <laughs> no way off. It, it, it had come back positive for uh, stage one lymphoma. And I was like, okay, because I felt fine. Yeah. It just felt like there was something stuck in my throat. And she's like, it's, it's very, very aggressive. You need to uh, see an oncologist now. Like, well, what, what's an oncologist? I mean, what is that? Yeah. So I was fine until I called my parents. And, of course, that's, oh, yeah. that's when I lost it. Because it, it, for somebody who had never been sick, never stayed in a hospital to get told, you know, overnight, hey, you got cancer. I didn't know how to take it. So I go through the whole process, and it was three weeks' worth of tests every single day, still working. Um, 
get to the point of starting the chemo and um, ended up having to have, I think it was three rounds of pretty intense chemo and then uh, 32, 32 or 33 rounds of, of radiation. And um, my whole mindset through all that was, okay, it is what it is. I can either sit at the house and cry about it, or I can, you know, deal with it the way I need to deal with it, have my moment every day, and then, you know, focus on what you got to do to get done. Because it was, it was treatable. It was caught early. Um, doing fine now. Everything's good. I can never get that type of cancer again. Uh, but during that whole process, and this is going to sound funny, but during that whole process, I think this business kept me from going crazy, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because I, I still had a, a a structure to go by. Okay, I do got to be in, you know, two hours away from the house every morning at 7 a.m. If I'm going to be over there, instead of driving all the way back and wasting half a day, why don't I just work in that area? Yeah. So I had let Justin know, just kind of shot from the hip and through – September all the way to January um, were actually some of my my biggest biggest months, and that's when I was going through the radiation and the chemo. And um, like I said, I, I I think that's going through that whole process made me learn a lot and made me respect people who's had cancer and goes through that whole chemo process. Cause man, I, that's that's some rough stuff. But just so everybody. Excuse me. Everybody understands that this this listening or watching. You got a guy gets diagnosed with stage one lymphoma with cancer. That I still to this day I've never heard of a situation where somebody not only did they continue to work and not go sit in a dark room and and cry and feel sorry for themselves. Not to say you didn't. I'm sure had your moments. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I remember today. I don't know what town I was in. But I remember the house I was sit, had pulled up to sitting in front of. <coughs> Excuse me, everybody. I'm getting over some some stuff here, but uh, but I remember the house I was sitting in front of when you called me upset, you know, and letting me know. You said, "Man, I'm scared. This is what they've told me," and um, you know, and uh, and it it scared me to hear that because to be honest with you, that I had never personally known a person that was young, kind of a contemporary of mine that had had cancer and, and, uh, you know, so, but just so y'all that are listening understands, I mean, Robbie's the perfect example. And the reason Robbie is anywhere that he's at in life and he's attained any level that he has and's had the success that he's had, you know, and where's if you were watching the video that, that, you know, expensive diamond clad, what we call the millionaires club ring, a uh, million dollar producer is because, of his tenacity and his discipline and his work ethic, because I don't know anybody to this day that took, not only did he continue to work through the whole process, uh, but he, he made it work. I mean, where most people would have used that and said, well, I can't work because I'm getting chemo and I'm getting radiation and I'm sick from the chemo. And I, I remember talking to Robbie and it, cause I was still, I was baffled. And I remember one night me and my wife was at dinner at a local restaurant and we called to check on Robbie and he had just got home, got done working and sick and throwing up, you know, from some of the radiation in between stuff or the chemo. And I, I was just like, I told my wife, I said, there's, I wouldn't be doing that. There's no way, you know. And so just there's a lot of people that go through a lot of things, but to this day still for me, uh, your tenacity and what you did uh, through that, and and I've never really heard you put it that way. I guess that, that probably did help you, it kept your mind mind where it needed to be at, and thought about it from that angle. But not only did he continue to work during that time, but he led the company through that whole period of time, had some of his biggest months ever, and uh, and ended up being producer of the year that year. And uh, and I remember you know us talking about that and and giving you the award. Um, that year for top producer, top gun award. And, you know, it's just, uh, but that, that's what it takes, you know, the, whatever it takes mentality. I mean, we got agents that we'll bring on and recruit. I mean, this, it ain't a hard business. We like to say a lot of times because it ain't like you putting shingles on a roof or, you know, digging ditches or nothing, but sometimes mentally it is hard. And it's, uh, you know, 
I've seen a lot less knock a lot of producers out of the way. You know, they, they can't. Absolutely. <laughs> they got, you know, they they turn in a zero for the week because the church had too many festivities they needed to attend. You know, I mean, if you if you go into church festi- festivities, if I'm saying that right, and not can't even pay your bills, I mean, it, something's out of order, you know. <laughs> and, and not only that, but, you know, that's a – and I don't have human nature, but I just see it with so many people. If we got a lot of areas in our life, I mean, we we're in sales, we're running businesses. We also got families. We also got kids. We also got, like Justin said, we got other you know obligations, church, civic obligations, whatever you know. But so many people with one area of their life is under attack. The whole house falls down if one room. Is 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 leaking? It's like they shut down the whole daggum house. It's like I said, if you got one flat tire, yeah. why you won't go slash the other three? Slash, but that's human nature. They go slash the other three. I've seen people who who it just gives an example. I've seen over and over. I've seen people with marital trouble. Their their marriage is falling apart, so their work starts slacking, or they quit working, or this or that happens, and and because one area of their life, and it's a big area, and it's important. If if anything, if I'm gonna have something going wrong over here, I need something going right over here. Right. You know, if my body's failing me, I gotta make my mind stronger, and you know, I gotta keep. We still got bills. That's the thing. In our life, there's something constant, and that's called our obligation. If you own a house, if you own a car, unless you're fortunate enough to just be all cash and 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 God bless you, good for you. But it's like clockwork every 30 days. The obligations are due. So why not get ourselves at least on that same, um, you know, that same rotation where, you know, we're as 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 consistent as everything else in our life. You know, I mean, you, you're, you're the best case, probably the best example I've ever seen in, of anybody who's taking a bad situation and say, okay, this sucks, and this is fixing to be a fight. It's going to be a battle. And, I mean, you kind of downplay it a little bit, I think. When you say, you know, um, stage one lymphoma, it's still freaking cancer. It's still chemo. It's still radiation. It's still going from chemo to work, throwing up in clients' toilets and getting back out and writing the policy. I mean, I'm sure that's what it was like. And then going home, something that nine out of ten men wouldn't have been able to do. Well, it wouldn't have tried to do because, and I've said it a million times, you've heard me say it, life, if we don't want to work, life will give us some good excuses. But there's still excuses. And in life, the people that I look up to the most, and you being one of them, are people that had every excuse in the world to fail but still succeeded. I mean, it's, it's a testament, brother. I mean, it's, it's, it, it shows the fiber of who you are because not only – you know, a lot of people would have said, well, look, I, I, I'm dealing with all this. And, and, and you you kind of, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, you can correct me on, on the camera. It won't bother me at all. You kind of got a chip on your shoulder from, you know, from the beginning, starting. You know, this is where I'm from. This person said I couldn't do it. My previous employer kind of laughed at me and, you know, said, well, you know, kind of insinuated you would fail, you know, whatever. And I think that chip stayed even after the diagnosis. I think even with all this bad, you know, going on, I think you even more, you know, had to drive to succeed. When you're poor, he, they they called you back, right, like a year later trying to offer you more money, the same people that told you you wouldn't make it. Yeah. Um, it might have been a year or so later. Um, basic conversation that basically said, you know, job's always open. If you want to come back, we'll give you the amount you were asking for before you left. I just kind of laughed. I was like, "Well, I appreciate it, but you know, I made that about two months." Yeah. So I mean, if I remember correctly, I mean, you you did about one hundred and forty thousand is what you earned year one with us. A little, yeah, right around there. Yeah. And that was seven, what seven years in commission. So that was first year commission, one hundred forty thousand. And I've watched I've watched Robbie. Back when you have to understand our business, but back when our company model was, we bought the leads for everyone. Which to do that, to be able to afford to do that, a little lower comp situation than than where we're at now. But I, I, 
I think it was a lot. Robbie said, "I watched Rob, Robbie start out. So when he started off, he was a sixty-five percent commission, yeah. and, and and to to be able to work, I mean, there's, you know, and this just proves that higher contracts don't always mean more money, and rarely do they mean more money because people don't go out and work. If they get a higher contract, they work even less." Robbie put one hundred and forty-five thousand dollars in his pocket. That's what he earned on a sixty-five percent contract year one. I mean, that's kicking ass and taking names. And 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 when I started, Robbie, even I was reminding him of this the other day. But you know, I didn't make it easy on him. I mean, we I started him with a, a list of names that wasn't even leads really for our industry, and he would go not. He was doing that off of a list without an actual lead program. And uh, you know, and he would he would do that on Fridays. He'd be in the car with me Monday through Thursday, and we did that for four weeks. And then he continued to work them right out of the gate. But he had the mentality that he was going to prove folks wrong. Nothing was going to stop him. And uh, you know, and when they call you back and offer you forty thousand dollars a year, and you're making a hundred and made a hundred and forty, you know, you, you're not. And, and one thing too, let me tell you something else about. It. And Robbie's the perfect story and I'm glad we finally having him on here because we had the other managers on back prior to Christmas and uh and we just we wasn't able to get schedules worked out on the days that we shot podcast so th- thankfully we finally got him on here to, to tell his story but this is a great it should be a great inspiration to a lot of you that's maybe that listen and follow us that's teetered on the edge of getting involved in our industry because there's so many key poignant points here. But, you know, one thing we always say is stop letting uh, blind people proofread your vision, you know. And and bottom line is don't mean they're bad, you know, or, or wrong. But, uh, or I should say, yeah, they're wrong. But it doesn't mean their intentions are bad. But a lot of times you go into people that, you know, in Robbie's story, we see where it starts off as the same thing, kind of crabs in a bucket, whether they mean to or not. People will hold you back. He overcomes that. Then he ends up not being uh, in the industry very long at all, gets hit with a health crisis, let's just call it what it is, overcomes there and and continues to thrive, you know, uh, takes and earns more money year one than, than most producers could ever dream to earn. It does it on a real entry-level contract. I mean, and when I think back, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, but you even had to pay, it was like $5,000 to leave your other job. What was the deal with that? And you did that. Yeah, I had signed a um, a five-year contract, like a non-compete contract <coughs> with the bank, and um, I got a $5,000 sign, sign-on bonus. And if I was to leave the bank within those first five years, I have to repay that sign-on bonus. Well, when I decided to leave, um, I talked to my boss, and he was like, well, you know, don't do this, this. How are you going to pay this $5,000 back? I said, I, I have no idea. Give me six months. If I don't have it in six months, I will figure something out. Well, I think it was my second month. I went in there, slid the check across the desk, and they asked me, now, is, is, is this going to bounce or is this good? <laughs> I just laughed. Oh Lord! But I mean that, that right there would have killed it for ninety nine point nine percent of people. They got yeah. to write a file on, on the money you'd had been making, and, and then you realize you got a big CEO, president of a bank, whatever it was, looking at you, putting pressure on you, saying, "Now, how, how the hell are you going to pay this?" And you did it anyhow, and and overcome. So there's so much overcoming in your story, and that's what I love about it. And, and which leads me to the point, and but this is how people are. He got to a certain point, and I don't know how long you'd been working with us, but he was continuing to use his CPA in that small town where he lived there. And it got to the point that when he went to go get his taxes done, was it the first year or second year? Second year. Second year, he was he had made so much money that year, so obviously it was more than the 140000 that he'd made year one. And so, but he, he made enough money and I don't know how much he made that year, but it was probably 200 plus. But he made enough money that second year that when he went to go get his taxes done with his CPA, what did CPA tell you? He said, I, I got friends in the insurance business, and, and they don't they don't pull this kind of income, so I, I really don't feel comfortable moving forward with this. 
So the CPA insinuated. <laughs> that well, I know is, I know the CPA, <laughs> and you was making more money than him. So so, so it's all good people. Good people. Real good people. Good but, people, but yeah, yeah but limited that, minds. That instituted this saying that I've had ever since then that I tell agents now, go make so much money, your CPA fires your ass. So. But see, here's, here's the thing about that. You know, uh, good people, just just small men. Tell you what he tell you. I know people in the insurance business. And, and listen, it's the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. 20% of the agents in the insurance business make 80% of the money because the other 80%, they're just, they're not going to work when they got a sore throat. Especially if it's lymphoma, they're not going to work when it's raining. You know, that's what we used to say that around here with these guys. You want to make it rain, but you won't even work in the rain. You know, it it, it doesn't work like that. You got to have to drive. Got to be willing to say. You know, it's like the top two percent. I, I heard a quote with Kobe Bryant one time. I probably shared this before, but I, I keep saying the same thing over and over. But I like it, so I'll keep saying it. He said, you know. He said, everybody else wants to be in the top 1%. They want to be in that 1%, but I just want to be that one. You know, I, I just I think so much better. That's why when you say, well, I'm a basketball player, well, that's general. That don't mean you Kobe Bryant, you know. And so to to say, I mean, it's it's like – we live in Valdosta. There's just so many real estate agents in this town. And I heard somebody the other day, they're, they're in the real estate business, and, and that was what they said. They said, you know, I got into this career field, but I just didn't realize how much competition that there really was out there. That, that absolutely has no bearing on your success, how much competition you got, how many agents they are, how many attorneys in the town, if you're an attorney, how many real estate agents. Because – the people that's going to have the drive, the motivation, the wherewithal to make it happen, competition just don't matter. Because you got to get your mindset in to where you're living on a whole nother level on a whole nother plane. You 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 do things different. You say things different. You look different. Everything about you is different in a good way. And then finally, the, the pocketbook will catch up with it. It may take a while. I ain't saying you're going to not you know deal with competition and all that, but eventually. If you think differently, it's the first level. If you think differently, eventually you're going to reap differently and have a different outcome. So competition doesn't matter. And, and, and for that guy to say, I know people in the insurance business. Guys, I know plumbers knocking down two, three million dollars a year. And I know plumbers that can't keep the lights on in their house. That's just, that's just a crazy statement. I know people in this business who don't do that. No. Because we we trying to be the cream of the crop, the top of the top. We're trying to be at the at a level that most people's not going to be at. And so it don't matter, you know. And if if you're listening, you know, we call this, the, the, the title of this podcast is Separation Nation. That's why we got people like Robbie. Because Robbie, yeah, he's in the insurance industry like the rest of us. But, but you know, we're it's a whole different level you know sometimes the same products you know the same strategy it was a whole different level um than, than what most people think of as an insurance agent or an insurance salesman because we we think differently we act differently we do things differently and we produce differently but Rob, robbie's went on to you know um i'll just say this because he probably wouldn't necessarily say this about himself but he's consistently uh you know Led and been in the leaderboards with the with the carriers that we've represented over the years. Uh, always been been top producer with, with us. Uh, the majority of all the years he's been with us. Um, you know, led some of the largest sales teams that we've had, and uh, recruited and trained agents. And then 2018, out of about 7,000 agents with Aetna, was the top. Uh, one that producer of the year was the top producer in the whole. That was in 2018. Yeah, twenty twenty eighteen was the top producer, and uh, of course you can go on our YouTube channel and you'll see that some of the videos from conventions and all. There's a video of him him winning that award, and uh, that's the uh, that's the night we went out on the big mega yacht down there in Miami and. John Cicada was on there with us singing and had a big time. So, you know, Robbie and I, we've at this point, you know, we've been all over the world together, traveled, and and it's this business is it's a phenomenal business. I mean, it, what it can do and how it can change your life. To know where Robbie come from, 
uh, and to see where where all he's been and where it's taken him and 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 ultimately in one way shape form or fashion this business even kind of helped align him with his wife he just got married and just had a great wedding down at the Ritz Carlton in Amelia Island he's been married what now a month month and a half. Oh, yeah, about six a month. weeks. Six uh, weeks. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what you said when we. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let, let's ask you this: We've established. I mean, you know, the mindset you had. I mean, you 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 faced all type of of adversity, but you know, and we'll we'll wrap things up pretty soon. But I mean, what what has this business taught you? I mean, oh, what, man. what has it taught you about yourself? I mean, th- think of that. More so, if you put your mind to it, really, if your back's against the wall and, and you, you decide, okay, I'm going to do this, and you put all your chips in, you'd be surprised at what the outcome would be if you just keep going every single day, no matter how bad it is or how good it is, you just keep going. Every day is a new day. And in this business, I mean, as long as you keep going, you cannot fail. Like yeah. you say it all the time, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. That's very true. That's very any true. business, I think. It's just consistency. Just hey, just get out there and do it every day. Be consistent. I mean, you've been way above and beyond consistent. I mean, even fighting all the adversity you fought and you've been, you know, successful on a consistent basis. What what about training? You know, so 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 you've learned consistency, it's taught you consistency. It's taught you that if you just show up and go after it, it works out. But how hard has it been? And and this is something we all, I, I struggle with it. But trying to to get other people to see that, how frustrating has that been for a new agent, somebody coming on, or that's listening to their friends that they they're going down the same road you're going down, and we just can't quite get them to figure it out. I mean, I I feel like. I could talk to new people till I'm blue in the face. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a walking example of a proven concept. And if you can't take, if you can't look where I was at and where I am now, and you can't take what I'm telling you for face value. And I mean, that, that's, that, I feel like that's a decision you have to face your, you know, every morning look in the mirror and face yourself. So, I mean, you have to essentially, decide to like Steve Harvey says just jump off that cliff and just go and don't look back yeah yeah I mean it's it's a decision and and I mean we we've I mean you face it Justin's face I faced it just trying to so many people come in and out the doors that you know but just, a, lot, a lot of them and I don't mean to interrupt no, you please do. a lot of them they don't even get started good if they have one bad day mm-hmm. they're they're done they're terrified they want no part of it. And then they go back, you know, making minimum wage. And you got some people, they have two or three good weeks, and then they have one bad week. They're terrified, and they leave. If you just stick with it and trust the process, it always works out. It always goes back to, to mindset and mental strength. And and ultimately, that's why, you know, that 97% work for the 3%. I mean, you're going it, – it's a lot easier just to give up, quit, find an excuse – you know, blaming on something uh, other than the fact that you just didn't have the mental strength and the tenacity and the discipline to keep going and to, and to, to make yourself push through and break through. And, and something that always helped me, and I, I got this from Grant Cardone, um, he's a little stern with things. I don't agree with everything, but for the most part, um, I've learned a lot from him. And one thing that I, I take away from every speech he's ever did was – no matter how bad the situation, no matter how many doors get slammed in your face, how many times you get told no, just laugh. Yeah, yeah. Laugh it off. You know, just you have to make a negative situation positive somehow. Because if you don't, your your mind will will make you go crazy in this business. I, I think the ability to laugh at yourself mm-hmm. is is probably one of the greatest strengths you can have because you don't take yourself so seriously. I mean, we're sitting with three people right here. We, we've all made mistakes that we each other know, you know, suggesting those more of my mistakes than, you know, I, I want everybody to know about. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I, and I let him pick on me about it. And, and, and I laugh with him and vice versa for the most part. And because we, 
We just don't take ourselves seriously, man. I, you got to be able to laugh. I seen a quote uh, by Jay-Z yesterday. You might have shared it. Somebody might have shared it. I don't remember who shared it. But it, it basically, you know, somebody had called him broke. You know, he said, Jay's broke. We know he's a billionaire, you know. And uh, Jake just, they, 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 the person said, you know, so-and-so said you was broke. And he just looked at him and said, ah, he's funny. Didn't even respond. He just laughs at it because he, he, he doesn't really care. And then he had that quote, and he said, you know, the quote that Jay said was that somebody told him a long time ago not to argue with a fool because from a distance you can't tell which one's the fool, you know, who, you know who's who. But, you know, you, you, if you can laugh at yourself, it's a whole lot easier to laugh at people that's talking about you. Yeah. Whether you know, so you know, I'm gonna laugh at my mistakes. I'm gonna laugh at what the enemy says. I'm gonna laugh at what you know this one says or that one. When when the person asks you, "Was your check gonna bounce?" You just kind of laughed and walked off. When you got that in life, can't nothing stop you. Cancer can't stop you. Your competition can't stop you. I mean, we've been through ad you know adversity in business and. And, uh, you know, people that tried to sabotage us and hurt us, I just laugh, man. I mean, I, there's times I want to cry, but the laughing keeps me from crying, <laughs> you know. I just have to, you know, I have to just, just train myself that way. And, um, you know, what, what, what's the Bible say? That, that laughter doeth good like medicine. You know, it's medicine. And, um, and so, I mean, it, your entire story, man, is I don't want your story. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> But I love your story. And, um, I mean, and it is encouraging. And um, so, so let, let's end with this. Okay. So, so you came from where you came from. You know, you are where you are now. You know, um, doing good, just got married. I mean, what do you see out of the next five, ten years for Robbie Hilton? I mean, what are your goals and where do you want to be? What do you want to accomplish? Gosh, that's a that's a loaded question. Um, I would like to. Gosh, I don't know how to answer that. Um, I, I don't want to be in the same position I am now. Just like I don't want to be, I'm not in the same position today as I was this time last right. year. So I want to keep growing, but I, I want to be able to grow income, friends, everything, just on like a massive massive scale uh, me and my wife was talking about that the other day we're actually in the process of making monthly goals yearly goals five-year goals ten-year goals and um if you'd ask me this about a month from today i could answer that question better but i mean i, I just want to be on a massive level but well, the, the key thing with, with what you're saying there and that's in the transit part of achievers but a lot of, a lot of times people look at us you know, and everything's relative, but people might look at you and have people followers and stuff on social media sometimes, and they'll send you these long messages, how they, you know, they'd love to be where you're at, whatever, and you can't never let that stuff go to your head, but if you're a real achiever, it's not going, it ain't going to go to your head no how, because you wake up every day honestly dissatisfied with where you're currently at. What might be, you know, the top of the mountain for for other folks, you uh, you know, you feel like you're just getting started. And so, and it re- it really is. For me, it's never enough. Uh, no, nothing's ever enough. You ask me what my number is, my number's more. Yeah. And uh, and I'll I'll get there or die, die trying. And there's something, when you're wired that way, uh, n- nothing will stop you. Stuff that people throw, I mean, we've, you know, we've had some, some shady characters and greasy folks just in the past year even, you know, do crooked shit and throw stuff our way, trying to sabotage what we're doing. And look here, you might get it. You might get a blow or two in on us, but you ain't never going to take us down. And, and having that ability, when you look at that combo, the ability to, to be driven, to always know that there's more, because when you know, that's not a selfish thing, but you know, the higher you go, the more influence you can have and the more people's lives you change, the more folks you can take with you. And, the ability to be able to laugh off the haters, laugh off the nose, laugh off the bullcrap. And thirdly, to, to me, this is the, the winning Trinity trilogy here, and, and it's the thing that ultimately got you where you're at is to know your worth. You know you know that Alma, Georgia, 
you know, nothing against Alma, but that just small thinking, small minded, small everything was not for you. You realize Robbie Hilton is worth more. I deserve more, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to give myself more. And when you know you're worth and you believe you're worthy of it, you're worth a better life. You're worth the finer things. You're worth, you know, that's in your destiny. When you believe that, that's the foundation from which everything else grows and manifests from. Well, some people want to be, some people want to be where some people are trying to leave as hard as they can. And, you know, and, and there's it's something to be said for, you know, someone to look at your life and say, man, I'd love to have that life. And and here you are sitting there frustrated because, I mean, my life's good, but it could be so much better. We, we And it's, it, 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 it's not a selfish mentality. It's just I can't make I, at the level I'm at now, and, and then I'll, I'll, we'll wrap things up with this, and I know we're going kind of long, but at the level I'm at now, and y'all, I know y'all feel the same way. I can't help any more people than I'm helping. I can't influence any more people than I'm influencing. I can't. I can't create jobs and structure and and um, security any more at this level. I got to get to another level where we can affect and influence more because it ain't just about what we can do, us three, and and it's about how many people, you know, can benefit from from where we want to go and where we want to be and so you know that's what we've always been about you i mean that's what you've been about justin we ever since we 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 started in this business every one of us even at different times <coughs> how many lives can i affect how many lives can i change how many people i help that's why it's so frustrating when you're trying to help people and they just don't get it they just don't want them and here you are working with you know i'll say it again you know radiation in the morning Closing deals in the in the afternoon, and 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 you just can't get people to to. We live in a world where people just don't want to work anymore, man. They're lazy. They want to do it, 